0: Welcome everybody to the Cliff Notes podcast. I'm your host Clifton Grooms. This is our eight-man football segment of the week three pregame show I first of all want to say thank you to every single eight-man football team and coach that reached back out to me For to let me showcase them on my podcast. Thank you so much. I truly do appreciate it I hope all of you enjoyed the shows. You can definitely check those out on the podcast We've been posting them for the last couple days Definitely check those out whenever you get the chance Let's review some Week 2 scores now in 8-man football. North Andrews, 60. LeBlanc, 22. Stanbury narrowly beats Albany, 38-34. to King City over DeCab 50-14. Worth County with a comeback victory over Donovan West, 54-42. Pattonsburg all over Schuyler County, 68-8. Southwest Livingston, 76. South holton Ottawa Holt, 38. Mount City, 52. Stewardsville, nothing. Platt County, 40. Rockport, 36 and East Atchison 62, and Northwest Nottaway 12. Now, we usually do a Cliff Notes Podcast Team of the Week. We do have a Team of the Week for Week 2. It is the Southwest Livingston Wildcats, and we caught up with their head coach, Oren Magruder, this week. We talk about their football team. We talk about the 2019 season. We get to know Coach a little bit. We review the first two games of 2020, and... We look ahead to their Week Three matchup against the Cab. Here's our interview with Coach Magruder here at 30 seconds. And we're back here on the Cliff Notes Podcast. We've, we got Week Three of the high school football pregame show. We got Southwest Livingston head coach Orrin Magruder with us. How are you doing, Coach?
1: Pretty good. Yourself?
0: I'm doing great, um, Coach. Um, great start so far to the season. Um, your win against. Um, South Holt Nottaway Holt last Friday night um, got you the Clip Notes podcast um, team of the week for week two. Um, but before we get into that, um, can we can you give the listeners a little bit of um, insight of who, who Oren Magruder is, how you got started into coaching, and how you got here to Southwest?
1: Oh, that's uh, <laughs> it's quite the story. Um, you know, I've been a lifelong football fan, and um, I went and played college football for a year. Uh, didn't really work out so well in the class portion of it because apparently you're supposed to go to class too but uh ended up you know taking some time off college was trying to find my way in life and i'm going to the air force and while i was in the air force i just you know came to the conclusion that um you know the thing for me was being around football some way somehow and i knew i wanted to coach you know uh i, I think you kind of have a responsibility you know as you get older to pass things down that you know you have knowledge on and that's um, what I really looked forward to doing and also I just you know I wanted to compete and um, went back to school finished school um, Professor Anderson Larry Anderson he's old CMU coach he uh, told me my last semester was supposed to be my student teaching semester about a job opening at Tyna Avalon they were desperate in need of a teacher and we worked it all out so that uh, I became you know a full-time teacher instead of a student teacher and then uh, we co-opt with Southwest for baseball, and um, their superintendent, like the way that I got along with the kids, and she offered me a position at Southwest and, you know, assistant for the first year, and then um, at head coach up This opened my second year at Southwest, and so I took that, and then, you know, I've had a great relationship with the, the kids. I think we've built, you know, kind of a football and weight room culture, and it's just really taken off from there.
0: Well, Coach, uh, this is your second year at Southwest, correct? Third. Third second year head coach. Third year. So third year. Um, coach, um, last year's team, um, last year's team um, finished runner-up to um, Mount City in the state championship last year. What was the takeaway from last year's team, and um, what was the difference between last year's team and this year's team?
1: You know, last year's team, I think the takeaway was was growth. Um, The year before, we had just as much talent, but I don't feel like we were as mentally as tough as we were last year. Last year, you know, we came out and got handled week one. Um, And, you know, we could have folded or, you know, came back. And luckily, the kids fought back. You know, they were unhappy. And we knew early on that we weren't prepping the right way and stuff like that. And we were probably a little too full of ourselves as far as, you know, how practice was going and stuff like that. I could just feel it. And uh, you preach it and preach it. But until it shows up on Fridays, a lot of times the kids don't understand it, you know. So, um, you know, they were resilient and they were tough. And, um, you know, it took me a few weeks being a first-year head coach last year to really figure out, you know, the correct way to run the offense and stuff and play the player's strengths instead of doing what I wanted to do. And so when we switched to offenses and defenses and quit asking kids to do too much and just simplified everything and let them go play, you know, I really feel like our physicality and – Uh, went way up just because kids weren't thinking they were going to go play football, you know? So um, the biggest difference between last year and this year is just uh, really the offense. I mean, I I think there's been more, there's a better commitment to the weight room this off season than probably there's ever been since I've been here. Um, We have 12 seniors, I think. And my senior leaders, the guy that are returning, you know, they kind of heard all off season that without the class, we just graduated that there's no way we're going to be successful this year. And they took that really to heart, and they just hit it so hard in the weight room, and they pushed everybody else along with them. And so I just feel like physically we're stronger and faster than we were last year. You know, we were so reliant on quarterback run last year, and this year we just have, um, I mean, probably five, six, seven guys that can touch football and do good things with it.
0: Well, Coach, in 2020, you're off to a 2-0 start so far this year. Um, Big wins at each East Atchison last Sunday, and then um, the big win Friday night at, I guess, South Hall, hold. Um the win that we earned you guys the Week 2 team of the week. Um, definitely give an overall analysis on the first two weeks of the season, really how you guys just came out and just made a statement the first two weeks of the season.
1: Well, that's what, you know, the two biggest things that come to mind instantly is um, effort and mistakes, you know uh seeing great effort you know our kids are playing they're loving each other having fun enjoying the game but right now we just have too many mistakes you know we're um, letting teams stay in the game or get back in the game because penalties and stuff like that and turnovers whatever it is you know and we just got to be able to um you know le- eliminate those things as much as possible and uh the good part about it is a lot of our mistakes have come off just aggression you know they're not stupid penalties they're kids trying to get after it so we cleaned up a little bit, you know, I think we got a chance of even better, but um, you know, the offense and defense just they've all been flying around and it's been it's been pretty cool to see it all come together so far. Well,
0: coach, um your team has really been re- breaking the record books here so far to start the two thousand twenty regular season. Um really you know, you got a record breaking quarterback in Wes Hughes and a record record breaking wide receiver in Chase Neptune. Um talk about those two kids, not only as football players, but as men
1: you know they're both kids uh good kids they uh they worked really hard you know this summer in the weight room and you know after the covid stuff like they were all chomping at the bit to get back in the weight room you know they wanted to be there they wanted to get better they wanted football you know they were hungry and um uh, you know chase has always been kind of a quiet kid and he just comes out and performs but you know at south Holt, uh it's 46 26 in the locker room he kind of stepped in there and said y'all are not stopping He said, we're not stopping, you know, we're going to keep going. So he kind of lit a fire and uh, Wes has stepped right in as a transfer kid. And I mean, you can see him kind of taking over the team the way a quarterback should as he's, you know, he knew the playbook and probably two weeks and he just, you know, been here for that long, you know, so um, he's really taking command and you can just see that the offense is really becoming his and he'll make adjustments. You know, I give him uh, total ability to, you know, change every route on the field if he wants to, you know. And so I want him to do what he sees because he can see the field better than I can from his point of view. And um, I want them to feel like they have that control and that kind of power in their offense because I always preach that, you know, to the seniors and the leaders, that's their team. And so uh, I think those are a couple of guys that are just really taking command of their
0: positions and of the offense. And, um, Coach, um, back on the football field this Friday night, you're at DeKalb. Um, I know you've been looking at film already, um, Coach. Um, what do you see out of DeKalb so far from what you've seen?
1: Well, I mean, I know they're, you know, they're going to try to run it. <laughs> Almost like everybody else, you know, that they're going to go five down, four down, whatever, and they're going to try to pound you all night long. And, uh, they got a couple of good weapons. They have one big receiver and uh, number 24, and then two ball carriers that really like to have touch the ball on five and seven. So um, we just got to play good assignment sound football and be physical and ready to play and not be thinking about this past week, you know. Uh, we can't let a win against South Holt beat us, you know, week three versus the Cabs. So uh, the kids need to come prepared and stay hungry.
0: Well, I want to thank you so much, Coach, for joining us. I definitely appreciate that. Um, good luck to you and the kids this Friday night.
1: Thanks, sir. Appreciate it.
0: That's Southwest Livingston Head Coach um, Or Magruder, everybody, on the week three pregame show. That was Southwest Livingston Head Coach Oren Magruder. We thank you so much, Coach, for joining the podcast now. Let's talk about the eight-man football rankings for week three. At the number one spot it is Mound City, number two is South Shelby, number three is Southwest Livingston, number four Pattonsburg, number five Stanberry, number six Drexel, number seven North Andrew, number eight South Holt Notdaway Holt, number nine Archie, and number 10 Albany. Also receiving votes are Worth County and Jasper. Let's take a look at the Week 3 schedule this week. Bishop LeBlond, 0-2 heading into the season. They're going to be taking on Donovan West, who is 0-1. Golden Eagles are under their head. First-year head coach Chuck Davis. They faced pretty much a proverbial eight-man football gauntlet, taking on both Pattonsburg and North Andrew. While Donovan West, we talked about it a little bit, they led 30-6 against Worth County, and they ended up losing the ballgame 54-42. LeBlanc and Donovan West this week. Now their Cliff Notes podcast eight-man football game of the week is North Andrew and Pattonsburg. Both teams are, o- are 2-0. Pattonsburg did win last year's game 68-62. Now let's recap the season for North Andrew so far. The Cardinals were able to defeat King City at home 50-26 in week one. And then in week two, they defeated Bishop LeBlanc. Now, we had an opportunity earlier in the week to catch up with their head coach, Dwayne Williams, and we talked about their 2019 season, get to know Coach a little bit, and we talked about the 2020 season, the first two games, and we previewed this week's matchup against Pattonsburg. Here's our interview with Coach Williams right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes podcast, week three pregame show. We got North Andrew Coach Dwayne Williams with us. How are you doing, Coach?
2: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, it's a pleasure to have you, Coach. Um, one thing we like to do on our first-time guests is really get to know the coach a little bit. Um, who's Dwayne Williams? Um, how you got into coaching, and um, how you got to North Andrew?
2: Well, I I, um, I started coaching, you know, about twenty twenty-two years ago. Uh, uh, started out at just being an assistant, kind of a volunteer situation at Savannah, where I live, and then. Um, a group of guys of us started up the Savannah youth football program and I ran it at different stages for at least on and off for the last 20 years and at the same time I was an assistant for the Savannah high school and then um, left there and went down to uh, North Platte was an assistant there a couple different times off and on and just kind of bounced back and forth and then um, had kind of planned to get out of coaching altogether and just kind of step back and maybe do some other things and and the North Andrew job came open and, and they contacted me and and uh just kind of went from there they, they they were looking for guys to to apply for you know small school struggles sometimes getting getting uh applicants and so uh it seemed like a good opportunity to maybe be a head coach i'd I'd never been one obviously before, um but mostly because of work, I don't teach or anything like that. I have my own business, and so the time commitment of of being a head coach you know just probably wasn't ever going to be in the cards unless it was a really small eight man type one a type school and so uh, North Andrew was a great opportunity, and, and, and I'm, I'm extremely grateful and glad we decided to make that choice.
0: Well, Coach, um, let's talk about 2019
2: real quick. Your team finished um, eight
0: and three. Um, can you give a little bit of summary of the 2019 season?
2: You know, for us, um, we knew we were going to be a good football team early in the you know early in camp and things, and, and kind of felt like that uh, we were going to be able to compete at least for a conference title. And we did finish second to Pattonsburg. You know, we had three losses like you said on the year. We we lost a six-point game to Pattonsburg, who won the conference, one of the best teams in the state and that was over extra points. We didn't make our extra points in that game and and that that's a credit to them. They 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 got us stopped and you know, our other loss was to a really good North North Shelby team. We had a 20-point lead, and they made some adjustments that we we couldn't account for there in the second half. They kind of wore us down, and, and we ended up losing there by 10. And then, you know, our final loss, the uh, second year in a row, we lose to the eventual state champ and lost by 12 to Mound City. And in a game where we had the ball inside their inside their 10 two different times and couldn't score, you know, their defense stepped up and made some stops, and, and we weren't able to score. We really feel like, you know, a six – a 10 and a, and a 12 point loss an eight man, you know, those are, those are nail biters and eight man scores. And we felt like we were right there with the best teams in the state. And then we just came up a little bit short in the end.
0: Well, coach, let's go ahead and let's move on to um 2020 for, um, those who haven't been to a North Andrew Cardinals football game, who are some of your standout kids that, um, people might be hearing about on in 2020.
2: You know, for us, it, it, our, on the offensive side of the ball, it starts with Carson Thomas. He was a fullback force last year, and we transitioned him to quarterback this year, and he's just done a fantastic job. And, you know, last week against LeBlanc, I, I, I don't have a stat right in front of me, but he had 130 or so yards rushing and about almost 160 passing, you know, real good balance for us. And, and then, um, you know, uh, Hayden Ecker in the backfield for us. Uh, he was a freshman, uh, all-conference player for us last year as a freshman, and so we're we're pretty pretty excited about his future. And he had a great game again against uh, LeBlanc for us this week. And uh, you know, up front for us, uh, Clayton Limbo and Brewer Wheel are our tight ends, two seniors, um, and they do a great job, not in just in the in the pass game as receivers, but as blockers for our for our run game. And then, you know, our guards and centers, uh, Kaiser Schunk and, and Jacob Chittum at center, and, and Caleb Chittum at at guard, you know, they, two, two sophomores and a senior, and, and that senior kind of leads them along the way a little bit and helps them out and, and make sure we get the right calls made and things. But, um, you know, they've done a great job these first couple of days. And if you flip it over to the defensive side, you know, we've got Clayton Linville at linebacker. He led the state last year in eight man for tackles, tackles for loss and sacks. He, he's, he's everywhere making every tackle and he's a outstanding football player. And, and uh, with him goes Carson Thomas, who's also an All-State player for us at linebacker. And, um, you know, up front, we've got a young man named Winston Walker who hadn't played since he was a freshman. Um, so he he's he's still a little rusty, but uh, he's come in this year. And I think right now he leads all of eight men with tackles for loss at the defensive tackle position. He's just an absolute force to deal with down in the trenches. And he's done a great job for us. And, you know, again, we've got a small roster, uh, you know, 17 kids really eligible Force this year everyone plays on Friday night and so it's a credit to all those guys you know that they get the work done in practice that they can come in on Friday night and contribute like they did last week against LeBlanc.
0: Well coach um, you're off to a really good start so far this year 2-0 and on the season uh, two very convincing wins against King City and LeBlanc. just give a little bit of an analysis of your first two games of the season.
2: You know, going into King City game last year, the, it was obviously our first game of the year, and it was one of the most physical games we had all. It was the most physical game we had all year, and, and 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 this year was no different. It was an absolute just fist fight for us and them, and we came out of it a little bit beat up, and so did they, I believe. And You know, uh, getting the victory over King City, you know, they've got some young guys, but they've also got some juniors that are really talented. You know, that was a big win for us. We really felt like. Uh, everybody says we're kind of rebuilding a little bit because we graduated 10 seniors last year, and so we we felt like we got to get off to a good start. And, and and beating King City is a great way to get off to a good start. They're well coached, and uh, you know, and we we knew going into LeBlanc, new coach, new system. You know, they're still they're still excited about being an eight man. Uh, you know, we knew that was going to be a tougher game than maybe the scores showed us last year. We got some film on them, and and they're you know they're much improved. Uh, uh, football team overall, uh, uh, getting lined up and, and, and fundamentals of the game. And then, of course, Coach Dudics helping them. And so you know he's going to do the right things. He's going to make sure we're lined up right. And, and they had a really good plan for our option game early and kind of frustrated us a little bit. Uh, once we made some adjustments there we were able to take off and get going but you know they they showed up with a really good plan and and, and they're well coached and i've I told our guys after the game is over those guys are going to win some ball games this year it's not going to be like the year before you can see it already they're 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 a well coached football team
0: well coach um definitely looking ahead uh this week uh, we got our eight-man football game of the week here on the cliff notes podcast it is the north andrew cardos against the Pattonsburg panthers um coach um what have you seen on film from patensburg and um what can we expect from the game on friday night
2: well when you watch them on film it's it's the same old patensburg you know this will be my third third opportunity to 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 have a team go up against them and they just do everything in the past game so well and and you just if you, if you make a mistake, a physical mistake or a mental mistake, they will, they will make you pay for it. And, and, you know, I had a a coach one time tell me when teams run that, that, that style of offense, you know, they only have to be right. Once they run four plays, they go for it on fourth down. They really only have to be right one out of four times, because it's going to be a big play. You know, when teams that play our style, we, we kind of have to be right three out of four times. And so you end up with this give and take in the game and, and and for them, you know, they just execute so well and, and they've got great receivers. I know they've got a new quarterback who on film looks like he's he's gonna be outstanding for them and and, and and he's a better runner maybe than they've had at that position. And so that's a that's another threat that we have to deal with. Um, you know, but also for us, we're you know, there's no secret, we're gonna to try to slow the game down and try to hang on to the ball a little bit longer and, and and run offense the way we want to. And um the last couple of years we kinda of went back and dug through the stats a little bit and you know, we, we've we've intercepted them. We've sacked them as much as much as more than any individual team has the last two years. And we're not going to change that approach. We want to we want to put hats on guys and, and hopefully, you know, new quarterback. Hopefully we can do some things that he hasn't seen before. We run some different coverages than most teams do. And we're hoping to maybe catch him, catch him looking one way and get him going the other. And and I, there's no doubt that's going to be a great game. Last year was 68, 62. And I expect something similar.
0: Well, Coach, I want to thank you so much for joining the podcast. Um, definitely um, definitely giving the opportunity really to promote your team, your kids, and you, just your football program in general. I want to thank you so much for joining the podcast, and um, good luck to you and the kids um, this week.
2: Sure, appreciate it. We, we appreciate everything that that you and, and, and all the other guys are doing for 8-Man now that we haven't had the last couple of years. It's just been outstanding, and these kids really enjoy it when you guys do these things, and we're very appreciative of it.
0: Uh, well, definitely, I think uh, definitely uh, we're very likewise. We're very appreciative of you too, Coach. Thank you so much.
2: You bet. Thank you. Take care. And we thank North
0: Andrew Head Coach Dwayne Williams for joining us here on the podcast. Now we talk about Pattensburg. They pretty much routed their first two opponents on the scoreboard, starting with LeBlanc. It was 80-40 to was the final there, and then they were able to defeat Skyler County 68-8. to We also had an opportunity to catch up with their coach, Scott Cavan. And we talked about his story, their first two games of 2020. A look back at their 2019 season, and we get to preview North Andrew and the eyes of Coach Cavan. Here's our interview with the Pattonsburg coach here right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes podcast. It's the Week 40 pregame show, the Eight Man segment, and we got the head coach of the Pattonsburg Panthers, Scott Cavan, with us. How are you doing, Coach?
3: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining the show.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Um, anytime. Um, Coach, um, one of the things we like to do for first-time guests is why don't we just give a little background on who who Coach Cabin is, how you got into coaching, and how you got here to Pattonsburg.
3: Well, we'll do a, a short story. It's a long story, but we'll make it a little shorter today. I'm originally from Arkansas. I graduated high school there, went to college there. Uh, best friend uh ended up being the head coach here about four years ago um he called me and asked me if I wanted to come help him coach football I didn't even go to school for it um didn't really know what I wanted to do but then I came up here was an assistant coach with him um for two years um starting back in 2018 or 2017 I believe something like that um was an assistant coach for two years um and then I've been the head coach last year and this is my second year as a as a head coach but uh that, that's that's a shortened story of how I how I ended up in Pattonsburg.
0: Well, Coach, um, last year uh, your team went ten and two, uh, playoff loss in the um, the eight man semifinals against Southwest Livingston. Just give a little bit of a recap from last season.
3: Yeah, we had a, uh, a good 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 group of guys last year. Uh, like you said, we made the state semifinals back to back years that would have made, um, and just ran into. a, a a good team in Southwest Livingston at their place, got off to a slow start, got in a hole that we just couldn't dig out of, had a chance at the end to win it. But uh, we like it. I mean, we had um, offense lit up the lit up the scoreboard last year. Uh, we like, we want to, I mean, we play fast, want to score a lot of points in our defense. Uh, struggled at times last year. We struggled off field on third and third down long, fourth down long, just to get off the field when we had the chance. Um, but I mean, like I said, we had a good team. I uh, lost two games last year by combined of, Ten points, I believe, Um, and both of them were shootouts. Both of them, we were down uh, at least twenty-four or more at one point, and battled back with a chance with the ball in our hands in the final minute, driving to score with a chance to win, and just just didn't pull either one of them out. But uh, a a good team that uh, just came up a little short at the end.
0: Well, Coach, um, let's move on to twenty twenty now. Obviously, you know this is a unique year for every single one of us involved. Um, How were you able to adjust to practices and camps and everything through all this?
3: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I know everybody has to do it, but it's just we got a young – we had a young team this year um, with a bunch of – we graduated seven seniors last year that played significant – that played – started both sides of the ball and played significant minutes. Um, and so anytime you do that, summer and team camps and getting ready for the season is really important because we have a bunch of sophomores um, stepping in to play that haven't had – and some juniors too that haven't had much time and much experience on the football field. And so you rely on that summer and team camps to really get them ready to go. And then you hit this this year where um, it's a little different. Um, and we just had to jump into conditioning at the beginning of June. We couldn't even use a football until uh, uh, about the start of July. We finally got a football on our hands, which for us, that's a big deal. I mean, we slinging around. We like to have foot, the football as much as we can. Um, but finally got the start throwing the ball in uh, July. I thought we were going to get to have a couple team camps. Ended up not getting to. Um, which is tough, but also I mean everybody's in the same boat. But as a team, like I said, with uh, not much experience coming back, minus uh, two or three guys, um, it, it was tough. Just not knowing, especially, and then missing a jamboree, not not getting to be in a jamboree this year. You come out first game, a lot of guys who haven't seen a field in a long time or seen major varsity minutes, uh, jumping on the field against the, uh, against LeBlanc week one. Um, just kind of new territory.
0: Well, coach, um, let's talk about the um the kids. Um. Really, that's who sells the tickets mainly. So, uh, let's talk about some of the kids. Um, if if we were to go to a Patton'sburg football game for the first time, who would be some of the who would be some of the key players that we'd be hearing about when you look at Patton'sburg football?
3: Oh yeah, um, our you know uh, when you t- talk about Patton'sburg football, when you see it on Twitter, everybody talks about the quarterback. Uh, you know, we put up some big numbers. Uh, the stats look good, but uh, our our quarterback this year, Zane Reed. Um, He's one guy, that, um, you know, you'll see him on every play because he going to have the ball in his hands every time, slinging it around. Uh, but he's a kid that hadn't played football since eighth grade. He's a junior this year. Hadn't been on a football field since eighth grade and uh, just a basketball player. that uh, Got to come out this year and can really sling it. Um, but – um, and then – we, we rely a lot on our receivers. We're four wide. and So Cameron Jones and Brett Emig are two names that really stand out. Cameron Jones was All-State as a sophomore two years ago on both sides of the ball, DB and receiver, um, towards ACL last year, so I think he's played all. And then he's back this year uh, better than ever, I think. I mean, he looks good on the field. And then Brett Emig is another one, um, another senior. And Colin Briggs is another senior uh, up front for us um, that, that really makes, makes us go up front. Um, and then we have a bunch of young kids. I mean, I, I, I'm i going to mention them all just right quick just because just they deserve it, but um, we got uh, Caden Jong, um actually is another senior, and then Brandon Hamilton's a junior. That's our line, and Skyler Todd, uh, those four guys really anchor our line up front, and then we have uh, Brody Langford's a sophomore, Sam Coin's a sophomore, Caden Locker's a sophomore, Tyson Gibson's a sophomore, and uh, Gage Jennings is a freshman, and all five of those guys, um, in the first two weeks have played more minutes than I planned on them playing um, early on, just with certain circumstances, uh, with uh, quarantine and different things, the guys having to miss. Uh, that these the, the sophomore and freshman class were having to step up big already. Um, and, I mean, they have big expectations. We have big expectations, but those are the names that really stand out uh, for us.
0: Well, Coach, you're off to a hot start so far this year, 2-0, uh, wins over Bishop LeBlanc in Schuyler County. Just give an overall analysis of your team's performance in those games.
3: Yeah, I mean, the biggest, the biggest uh, thing that stands out to me and I think that will stand out to most people who have covered us the past couple of years, our defense has really stepped up. Um, we've, 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 we gave up a lot more points last year than we wanted to. Um, but this past two weeks, like I said, we gave up um, 20, 20 points week one and then eight points last week. Our, our starting defense has only given up six points. Um, this year total in two games and so I think that's the biggest the biggest takeaway from these two games and then our offense never skipped a beat I mean we put up 80 in week one and then 68 um, Friday night uh, against Scott County Um, and just our offense is just really clicking already with a new quarterback and a bunch of receivers that um, haven't played together Um, and basically a whole new line I mean a whole almost a whole new team when you're talking about losing seven of eight I mean seven seniors you, you throw a bunch of new guys in there but um Guys have really stepped up offensively. We haven't really skipped the beat. Um, and um, Cameron Jones has been huge on both sides of the ball. But um, but I think our defense is the biggest the biggest surprise for us, for sure, just by um, I don't think people expected it. Uh, when they see Pattensburg, they expect offense, not much defense. And I think we got both this year.
0: Well, um, you got a big matchup um, this coming week against North Andrew. Um, both teams are ranked in the eight-man hole uh, really, really high. Um, have you, what have you seen from the Cardinals so far? And what do you, and what can we expect from that matchup? It is our um, Cliff Notes podcast, eight man game of the week. So what can we expect from that matchup this Friday night?
3: Uh, you can expect two completely opposite styles of football for sure. Um, that's the main takeaway. Uh, they, they, they're big and they're physical. Um, they were missing two guys Friday night from their game with LeBlanc. That will be back this week, I assume. Um, and two big old boys. Uh, they're full. I mean, they they got a. I mean, all I can say is those guys are they're, they're huge, well coached, and play physical. And that's the style of game they want to play, and they play it well. Um, they got some bowling balls in the backfield, a good quarterback, um, and then we're gonna turn around on the other side of the ball, we'll try to play fast and um, and really spread them out and make them make them try to cover our speed. Um, but um, two differing styles, and um, our guys are really got to step up and be physical. I mean, I think we've done a good job of that. Two weeks we've been undersized. I mean, we're undersized most weeks anyway. We're a small team. Um, we always have been since I've been here. Um, but our our, our guys really step up and um, and have played well with two teams that were bigger than us. Week one, and week two, and we got the same challenge. Week three against a really,
0: I mean, um, just they're re- really really big up front and really physical. <laughs> well, we uh, North Andrew at Pattonsburg this Friday night. You can check that out and. Um... Coach Cabin, thank you so much for joining the
2: podcast.
3: We really appreciate your time. Yeah,
0: thanks for having me. i was head coach Scott Cabin of the Pattonsburg Panthers. Thank you so much, Coach, for joining the podcast. Now let's take a look at the rest of the week three eight-man football schedule. It is King City at Stanberry, Albany at Mountain City, Schuyler County at Worth County, Southwest Livingston at DeKalb, Platte Valley at Northwest Nottoway, and Stewardsville at Rockport. Now, every week, I like to have a conversation with Anthony Crane, but this week, we get Devin Albertson and Anthony Crane as a bonus together. We talk some of the big eight-man football games in the area. Now, unfortunately, after we recorded this, East Atchison and South Holt Nottoway Hole did cancel their football game due to COVID-19 on the East Atchison side. And here's our conversation with Devin Albertson and Anthony Crane here right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes podcast, the week three pregame show. This is the eight-man segment, and um, there's no two better men to talk to eight-man football about. But this guy, we got um, the host of the Straight Up Sports podcast, David Albertson, and we have the eight-man football extraordinary Anthony Crane, with us. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast.
4: Thank you for having me on here. Yeah, thanks for having us.
0: Uh, well, Crane, we had you on um, – Last week, so you really don't. We really don't need to introduce you. Um, the the listeners know who you are, but Mr. Albertson, welcome to the podcast. Um, you're the host of the Straight Up Sports podcast. Um, so just give a little bit of background about who Devin Albertson is and who you got into covering eight-man football.
5: Well, it would have been the year after I graduated high school, so 20. 20- 15, I believe, I covered uh, some area schools, now my newsletter up in Maryville. Uh, then 2016, I worked for KQ2 for Chris Rouse, shooting highlights and stuff like that. And during that football season, I started the Mo 8-Man football Twitter accounts and just started retweeting scores, standings, and some stats there for that. Um, just kind of got it started. In the last three years, um, I called games for K&IM up in Maryville, and that's when it really kind of started to evolve Mo 8-Man football. And this year, I moved out to KC. I'm just kind of doing the freelance of my own and just running the Mo' 8-Man football. I uh, started a Facebook page for it, so doing a Facebook Live halftime and post-game show from wherever game I go to. And it's been really good. Um, it's been well-received the last couple of years. I've gotten a, even more and more involved. I'm um, trying to get more and more stuff going on with it. And I uh, just want to get it started that way. The players who play 8-Man football don't get the same coverage as some of the bigger schools do because the little, tiny schools, they don't get the same revenue generated as the bigger schools do still so get the same coverage and I want to make sure the kids got a voice because I put in the same effort as someone from Staley or Central or where these bigger schools they're getting they're putting the same effort in they're just not getting the same coverage and I want to make sure I give them a, a little more coverage kind of going forward and Anthony's been great to help me um, especially this year even more and more coverage with his uh, Patreon site so it's been great to get all that content out there for eight man football.
0: Well, gentlemen, you two have been doing a great job covering the eight-man football scene. And that's why, you know, for our pregame show, that's why we split it into segments so that we can give eight-man football its very own segment on the pregame show. Um, gentlemen, you both um, went to games in week two. Um, what were some of the things that really stood out to you? And what were some of the biggest surprises in week two of eight-man football?
5: Um so, for me, I went to the game of the week this last week, which was Southlake-Nahehold at Southwest Livingston. Going into the game, I thought Southlake-Nahehold was going to win that one and maybe pretty convincingly, but Livingston came out and they threw the ball over them. Uh, their quarterback, Hughes, had 335 yards passing and 240 of them went to uh, Chase and a little quick receiver out there, and the Spartans had no answer for that. and I was really surprised, and Livingston came out and played physical. So, that was my biggest surprise last week, to watch King Southwest Livingston beat the Spartans by 30, and really solidify themselves as a contender again this year if you're going to the state championship game last year. That was my biggest takeaway from a really kind of a crazy week two. Yeah, um, it's
4: hard to pick another, you know, something else that surprised me as much as that game right there. Uh, we were both really high on the Spartans, and I thought after seeing their physicality in week one that, uh, you know, Southwest would struggle with that, and they did not. Um, Southwest took it to them. And so, the Spartans are going to have to rebound, see what they can do, but I don't – I'm really impressed with what Southwest has done in the first two weeks. You know, they've been the most impressive man – impressive team in eight man so far.
0: Well, uh, with that performance by Southwest Linux did they did earn our um, Cliff Dodes podcast team of the week. We had a conversation with Coach Oren Magruder um, earlier on in the podcast and he was such a great guest and really just – their dominance in the past couple of weeks has really been one of the things that really stood out. But, gentlemen, on um, the hot off the presses, we had the um, eight-man football poll come out, and um, Mount City and um, North Shelby they topped the poll. Um, Southwest Livingston was three. Um, do you guys have? Um, I know you guys both vote on the rankings, so. Um, do you guys have any differences in your poll? Uh, we ran down the poll right before we had you guys on. Do you guys have any differences in the poll and how you see the ranking shaping up?
5: Uh, for me, my top three was the same as the came out Mountain State, Ignor, Shelby, Livingston. I had Pattonsburg and Stanbury flipped in my poll, and I'm higher on Albany than others. Were. I still have them at six in mine. I thought they played really well versus Stanbury, just lost to a really good Stanbury team. So I'm a little higher on Stanbury than some other guys are. And then my final three were still all ranked there with South Holt, Holt, Archie, and North Andrews. So not a whole lot of differences. There are some pretty good differences in the polls because um, I'm usually one who gets all the media's polls together and put it out there. But um, not a big surprise on where everyone would kind of rank this week. And I know Anthony's a little different at the top, though.
4: Yeah, the only difference I had um, with South Holt losing, I dropped them. Um, and then I just moved my two and three up and I was the one voter for North Shelby. Uh, I'm really high on them. I went down there and watched their scrimmage and they are an extremely talented team. Um, I know a lot of people, uh, <laughs> including in Mount city, think I have an issue with them. Uh, really it is. It's just that I think North Shelby is the more talented team, uh, but I still had Mount city number two. So that. Really, that's our only difference. I did not have Albany in the top ten. Uh, I just I, for the, I'm waiting to see it from them. Uh, I still don't, still think they're maybe a f- six and five team like they were a year ago, but we'll see. You know that fight they put up against Stanbury is really impressive. Uh, but other than that, I think we're all about the same.
0: Well, Crane, we get to talk about uh, Albany here in just a few minutes here, but we're going to go into um, some of the week three matchups. Um, my personal week three eight-man football game of the week is North Andrew and Uh Both teams are ranked in the eight-man poll. Um, how do you gentlemen see this game uh, really going in? What's your analysis on the game?
4: Well, really, it's uh, it's interesting. You know, Pattonsburg's going to come in there and want to use their speed. With North Andrew, they don't have a ton of speed, but they have some pretty impressive size. Um, so that's what'll it be. You know, uh, Pattonsburg may have some issues stopping the running game of North Andrew, but then vice versa. I don't know how North Andrew will handle the speed of Pattonsburg. Uh, you know, they bring in Cameron Jones, who's the most impressive player in eight man. You know, just physically with his size, speed, and everything else. Um, but it should be a really good game because uh, I know Dwayne Williams, he's a great coach up there in North Andrew. He'll have those guys ready um, in the same Pattonsburg. So I expect it to be a good game. I think Patensburg wins just based on, you know, overall talent. But I've been wrong in the last few weeks, so
5: I guess we'll see. <laughs> yeah, on this game, it's – Two opposite styles you can get. North Andrews are going to want to run the ball right at you in a phone booth and play as physical, physical as possible. And Pattonsburg they want to spread it out, air it out, and just beat you with speed. It's going to be a very interesting match. You know last year, this was a very high-scoring, close game. Uh, both teams lost a lot of seniors from that year. But I still expect this to be a very good game. Um, coming into the year, I was so-so on Pattensburg a little bit because I knew they lost first of all Stephen Will Hyde, who was a nationally ranked passer, and just a bunch of other really good athletes. With Cameron Jones coming back, and Zane a quarterback, and cabinet, Coach Cabin they haven't really lost a step on offense. And if they can fix out their defensive woes they had last year, they could be a really good team again this year. And I'm really excited to see how this game goes out. I just don't know if North Andrew on defense has enough to stop speed speeding the outside. They're just so fast. Um, but North Andrew's a team, with the way they play, they're going to be in a lot of games because they're going to keep it close, take the clock down with the running game, and just – be pesty the whole time. I think they can keep this game close. I don't know if they can actually surpass Pat on the scoreboard.
0: Alright, gentlemen, the uh, next game that we have on the uh, radar this week is Albany at Mound City. Uh, Albany um, played their first regular season game of the year last week against Stanberry, Came up short in a really, really close game and uh, Mound City's just been steamrolling all year. Too. Uh, victory over Flat-, uh, Flat Valley and then um, another victory last week against Stewartsville. So How do you really see that matchup, and and definitely, are you guys impressed of just how how impressive Mount City has been this
5: year? Well, Mount City played two of the teams of the 275 that have struggled in the past. No Flat Valley got a big win last week over Rockport, but uh, Stewartsville is not going to be great this year. So Mount City, this is their first true test of the season uh, versus Albany, who is a very physical team. I actually watched their game on Facebook Live against Danbury from last week. Very impressed with them up front. Um, Ethan Mercer is a solid little running back they have there. Tri-Slorida quarterback a pretty elusive kid. And then on the outside, that Caden Hutchinson is very fast on defense. He eliminates a lot of the big plays against Albany. So it'll be tough for Mountain City to get out and go a little more against Albany. I think this will be a really close game because one thing with Albany, with Coach Fountain over there, is they are a fundamentally sound team. So it's tough to get anything easy against them. And that's what Mountain City kind of feeds on with some of the teams they play. They get one or two big plays and they kinda of start to steamroll a little bit. And Albany cuts those down quite a bit. So this is Mountain City's first true test of the year. I'm kind of curious how the same game kind of goes on to give us a decent gauge for Mountain City after the first couple of weeks against lesser opponents. They've done what they're supposed to do and dominated.
4: Yeah, I'm excited to see where Mountain City is this year. Um, you know, like Devin said, they have they haven't played anyone yet. Um, this would be a good test. Uh And this is where their season really starts because they'll have Albany and Southwest. So we're going to find out how good Mound City is. I'm also excited to see how good Albany is. Um, You know, Devin's been high on them since before the season started. Uh, I've had my questions, but this week will be give me some answers on, you know, just how good they are. Um, Like he said, Coach Fountain's a great coach. He should have them ready and uh, I'm excited for this game.
0: Well, definitely, I don't think there's a bigger test right now than the two-time defending state champions. They're still the champions until someone knocks them off. And then um, Mm -hmm. the last game that we're going to look at is uh, two teams that we did talk about earlier. Uh, These two teams actually both lost to Southwest Livingston That's their only defeat. We got East Atchison and then at South Holt, Notaway Holt. I think really the winner of that game really continues to take that step towards the upper echelon of the eight-man football world. So, how do you gentlemen really see this game going?
4: Uh, you know, I talked to Coach Barron uh, Friday night, and we kind of talked about this game. And I kind of told him, I, have, you know, I have no idea what to expect out of this one. Um, both teams have surprised me. You know, even last week, East Satchison struggled with Northwest Nodway for a little bit. Um, I think maybe they're just a young team trying to figure things out. I don't know if the Spartans came in the last week a little overconfident, um, and maybe that was kind of their issue. But really, I just, I have no idea what's going on with those two teams. They've been, you know, the first two weeks have been really weird. Um, So to pick someone this week is really going to be difficult. Um, You know, if we get the South Hole team from week one, they should be fine. but, you know, the East Ashton team in the final three quarters of last week was, looked really impressive as well. So, it should be an interesting week three matchup.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I'm, a, I'm curious how East Ashton schemes it because you saw the first week for a couple of versus Worth County. Worth County tried to play kind of NFL in Booth and try to be out physical to the Spartans. The Spartans absolutely dominated that style of game. Livingston, on the other hand, spread the Spartans out, went sideline to sideline and hit them over the top with some stuff. I'll be interested if East Action can kind of incorporate some of what Livingston did against the Spartans to attack some of the weaknesses the Spartans may have there on defense, because up front, they are very strong at the point of attack. It's when you start stretching them out a little bit and they get some kinks in their armor a little bit. So I'm interested if East Action has the guys with Merriweather and Spinato and Heslin, that they can attack those areas the way Livingston did a little bit with Josh Smith, there at quarterback. On the other side of the ball, can EA, can they handle the Spartans kind of read option, triple option up front a little bit? can they? handled Drew Quinlan's running style. I'm curious to see the Spartans bounce back too. They didn't come up close there with Livingston there in the third quarter and almost completed the comeback before kind of the wheels fell off late in that game. I would say the Spartans are the favorite going into this game, but I would not be surprised if East Atchison won. Um, But I think the Spartans do win this game. I think it's a little more physical, a little more seasoned up front. As Anthony said, East Atchison is still a little bit on the young side. I think that experience to get the Spartans into the end in this one, but it should be a very good game. I mean, EA, they were ranked going into the year. Um, everyone kind of went down on to lose Livingston week one, but they're going to be, these are the third and fourth best teams in that conference behind Mount State and Livingston, so it should be a very good game. Yeah. And for South Hold, it's,
4: I think it's, a, it's a, almost a must win for them. Um, they came into this season with a lot of confidence. You start out one and two, and you're going to start questioning everything. So I think it's a big game for them.
0: Uh, well, gentlemen, I want to thank you both for coming on. Definitely. Um, Anything, anything, both of you gentlemen, want to plug before we get out of here?
5: Um, for me, make sure you guys follow uh, myself on Twitter at Devin Albertson. Also on Twitter and Facebook, it's no Eight Man Football. I'll be going to uh, Patmosburg for that game. So at halftime of that game, we'll be on Facebook Live, and post game, I'll have either the winning coach, either Coach Williams or Coach Cavan, and a player of the game, hopefully there as well, talk about what happened in the game. So make sure you guys tune in there. And then I have a weekly scoreboard there on the Facebook page. You guys can check out and I update throughout the games That way you guys can see live eight man scores in one location. I try to get that as quickly as possible. And I reach all the scores on Twitter. So that's what I'm doing every Friday. It's a lot of fun. And I'll have my trade-off sports podcast probably coming out on Thursday this week as well.
4: Yeah. Well, he said, um, uh, follow me on Twitter at crane underscore Anthony. Um, you know, I, I help add some content to that Twitter and Facebook um, and so that's where you can find all of the good stuff on eight man football.
0: Well, definitely gentlemen, thank you both for um, joining me here and a uh, good luck uh, covering eight man this Friday night.
4: Thank you. thank you,
0: sir. Gentlemen, that was great. Thank you guys for joining the podcast. Now onto our last segment of the week three pregame show. It is in the state of Kansas. We hear from Riverside head coach, Bryce Payton and We talk some more Northeast Kansas football with our man from MSCSports.net, Johnny Kane, here soon.